Savior and our King, the one who gave it all. He gave up everything. Let's think about the man who shed his precious blood so we could be his friends, his friends until the end. And give our love and praise to Let us pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you for gathering us here. We open our hearts to receive your word. Fail us, Lord, and lead us into all truth. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Pastor Thomas, why are you sitting there? All right. First Samuel. Chapter 25. 1 Samuel chapter 25. This evening, I'm going to start and try to teach on something else. And the subject of my teachings is how can I say thanks? Yep. You know, one of the things that God takes pleasure in is gratitude, being grateful. Because everything that he has done for us is uncommon. Yeah. He's done so much. And he deserves our praises and our thanks. That is why when he created the earth, he made Lucifer come here to lift up worship to him. In heaven. You got to thank him. He inhabits the praise of his people. He likes it. You see something. If, if, if you are working with somebody. One of the secrets. Of success. Is to do things that please somebody. Who is important in your life. Everybody is difficult. Everybody is odd. Everybody has odd, odd, oddity. Or is, is there a word oddness? There's oddness. Okay. Everybody has some oddness about them. But why is everybody not wearing masks? Why? Because I'm not wearing masks. Me, I'm preaching. If you are not afraid of Corona, eh? have you taken the jabs? Have you taken the jabs? You have. Even if you have taken it, protect yourself. Because one of the things that even if you have taken it, you can get it, but you won't exhibit some signs. Yeah, some people have. It's important. The thing is still in the system. Some of you have not taken the job. You two are just walking around. Cover your nose if you have your mask. You won't die. If you want to drink water, then you pull it down and drink the water. Yeah. Wonderful. So, I was saying that it is important to do things that please somebody who is also very important to you. And for God and for us, one of the most grateful things we should do is to be grateful. 
you got to thank him. You know, ingratitude is an evil spirit. When somebody is not grateful for what you have done, that person has an evil spirit. If you don't learn to appreciate people and what they do, there is nothing you do for people that will be appreciated by them. Because it's a seed. That's life. Young people, when you don't learn to appreciate your parents, you'll be surprised that one day your children will not appreciate you. You can buy them aeroplane, private jet, and put your name on it. They will not be grateful. Yeah. It's as simple as A, B, C, D. Right. So we are going to look at being grateful, being thankful. How can you live a life of thankfulness? How can you live a life of gratitude? It is not an event. You know, there are things that take place in our lives which are seasons. You marry. After marriage, there's no wedding. I mean, I won't do wedding with my wife again. As long as we have life. We won't do any wedding again. We can only celebrate our anniversary. But on the celebration day, I won't buy her a gown. I won't go and rent a car. I won't look for a, a, a bridesmaid. Is it bridesmaid? Sisters of the day. Brothers of the hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, brothers of the minute. Uh, uh, what else? Look for a venue. Decorate the place. Bring a cameraman. Come and take pictures. It won't happen. I'm telling you, me, it won't happen. It's over. The wedding has been done. It, it was an event. What we have to live is the married life or the marriage life. Do you get what I'm saying? And that is more important than even the, the, the wedding because that's what people can do beautiful weddings within three months. They go like this. This one goes here. This one goes here. Yeah. I saw a wedding where they did it in an expensive hotel on a garden lawns and the decorations. Oh, man. Beautiful. It's a dream wedding. When you enter, you realize that you have come to somebody's dream wedding. Very nice. The dinner. Oh, man. Hey. After three months, the guy said, I'm tired. I, I don't think I want this marriage. Three, three months. Yeah, man. He left the house and left the woman in the house. Yeah, he said, be there. Yeah, he left. Yeah. So, you know, coming to church is important. But staying in church is more important. And, and thankfulness keeps us together. When you are grateful for a woman in your life that you have married, look, there is no perfect woman. Neither is there a perfect man. I'm yet to see one. I, I mean, if you are perfect, you'll be dead. As long as you are alive, you can't be perfect. But we have to be grateful and, and learn to live with each other. You see? The fact that you can stay together is a sign of gratitude. Yeah. Some of you have dreams 
of who your man should be, who your woman should be, what she should do. I mean, hey, brothers have dreams. So I've counseled people before, so I, I've heard foolish things. Tell you, you, you won't believe it. <laughs> you hear people who have some, some of the things they say, you wonder where they read it from or who told them. That, that, that's how marriage is going to be. Yeah. So, we too, we say we are Christians. People come to church and within one month they have left. Two months, three years. Just like in marriage. Some people can be married for 40 years and then they go their separate ways. Bill Gates and Melinda Gates have been married for 40 something years. 27. Uh, I thought it was even 40 something. Okay, 27. 27 is quite a long, you know time to be together. But then they get up one day and say, that, look, you know, we, we, we are going our separate ways. It's a mutual agreement. I mean, we, we have understood and uh, I mean, you know, I'm all the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's life. We separate ourselves. But you see, when you are, when you love and appreciate somebody, you don't think of separation. You don't think of walking away. There are children when they leave their parents' home and marry, they don't even call their mother. I'm telling you. Yeah. Hmm. I tell you. So, we should not be ungrateful people. Let's look at scripture and read some Bible. Learn some lessons and refresh ourselves. First Samuel chapter 25 and verse 1. And Samuel died. Who was Samuel? A prophet. He was an anointed and well-known prophet. He was actually like the spiritual head of Israel. David was a political figure. David was anointed to be king. He was anointed to lead them into battle and to conquer lands. Do you understand? Yeah. (laughs) That's who David was. But Samuel was the spiritual head. He was the prophet. He was the one who heard from God. And all the priests in the land submitted to him. So he was very well known and prominent. And he died. And all the Israelites were gathered together. That's how it's supposed to be. When an important person dies, we are around. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, there are people when their fathers die, they don't go for their funeral. I've seen some before. Life, uh, yeah. it's you see, it's a sign of ingratitude. No matter what has happened, yeah. And they lamented him. They did their mourning and buried him in his house at Rama. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of. Aaron. What was he going to do there? Verse 2. And there was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Camel. I've been to Camel before in Israel. Mount Camel. Where, where uh, um, um, Elisha killed the 400 prophets of Baal. If you go to Israel, it's one of the places they take you to. Carmel, 
Mount Camel. They take you to the mount and they take you to the valleys. The valleys where the slaughter took place. Yeah? They've built something there and they are selling oils and other things for money. Israelites, they, they like money. Everywhere, the Catholics and the business people have built their things to sell it to Christians. And when you buy anointing oil at Mount Camel, you have Elisha's anointing. <laughs> yeah. So, there was a man in that area, Mawan, whose possessions were in Cam- Camel. And the man was very great. Very great. If the Bible says very great, it's very great too. Yeah. And he had 3,000 sheep. Have you seen even 500 sheep cross before? Have you seen some before? Some of you have not seen some before. Yeah. I mean, this Tobaski that they sell, I'm telling you from traffic light to Banju, I don't think that you can see 2,000 sheep by the roadside. If you count and put them together, there won't be more than 2,000 sheep. So somebody who has 3,000 sheep is a very great man. And a thousand goats, he is indeed a great man because goats are not easy to count. <laughs> to count goats. Hey, a man is a wild man. He's a prosperous man. And he was sharing his sheep in camel. They were, they were removing the wool and selling it. He was a businessman, rich man. He lived in Banjul and his sheep was in Bakau. Now, the name of the man was Nabal. (laughs) And the name of his wife, Abigail. The Abigail here, her her husband is called Moses, not Nabal. Would have changed that name, I tell you. And she was a woman of good understanding. And of a beautiful countenance. You see, may, may it be said of you, sisters, that you are of good understanding. That's the first thing we see. You understand things. You are reasonable. You are sweet-spirited. Before we say you are beautiful. Well, many of you, we say you are beautiful. After that, we can't say anything again. <laughs> yes, you are beautiful, but you don't understand anything. You are always arguing, always insulting. That's your beautiful mouth. Hey, it's more than scissors. When you open it, all the best run away. I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are women like that. Beautiful outside, but horrible to be around. I'm telling you. Yeah. May it be said of you that you are a woman of good understanding. It means you have a sweet spirit. You are wise. You are easily approachable. Some people are, you see, some people, their beauty makes them proud. Have you not seen a woman who is beautiful and you can't even go near? Because there's some strangeness around them. Yeah. I remember one day we visited a, 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 a guy whose mother was very well known. I, I've never met or come into contact with her physically. And the first day I met her, it was very odd. I said, there's some strangeness about her. Yeah, very strange woman, telling you. Even though she's beautiful and well-known and all that. Yeah, it wasn't right. So the woman, the Bible says that she was of good understanding, of a beautiful countenance. But the man, 
but the man, it means it is coming to cancel any good thing that you have heard. He was jealous. Jealous means that he was stupid, full, foolish, dense, densely idiotic. <laughs> you see, when they say you are an idiot, it's an insult, but when you are densely idiot, idiotic, it's like your, your, your idiocy is at a level above normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. And he was also evil in his doings. You know, may you never meet a foolish man and an evil person who can buy your beauty and your goodness because of the things that you see. Yeah. May you be delivered. It's one of the prayers I pray for my church members, the girls. Yeah. Because sometimes when you are with us, you have dreams. You want to drive a Range Rover. You want to travel to America. You want your children to go to a certain school. You want to dress certain dresses. You have dreams. So when you meet somebody who, who you, as you relate with the guy, you realize that the guy even credits he can't buy. He doesn't have an iPhone. Eh? Your birthday, he takes you to Parisian. What is Parisian? This guy is cheap. Then you have a circle of friends who tell that, uh, who ask, oh, so what did you get for your birthday? Oh, we went to Parisian. You look at your face and say, where is Parisian? Even people who don't work can go there. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was of the house of Caleb. He came from a good homo. You see, Caleb was a descendant. Uh, he, was, he was one of the children who was, who, was, who was famous in the days of Moses. Joshua, Caleb. These two Hebrew boys. Powerful guys. So his descendant should have been somebody who re- represents the boldness and the, and the, and the faith. That's why we should pray for our children because sometimes you'll be surprised. You are spiritual, but your child is the opposite. If you are a teacher and it's like you are teaching people to pass exams, then your child has failed. It's like you have to promote the child by force. You have to, you have to promote the child by force. Yeah. It's not a comfortable thing. Yeah. Wonderful. And David. Head when he was in the wilderness of Paran, that Nabal was sharing his sheep. He was removing the wool to sell. Verse 5. So he sent out ten young men and said unto the young men, Get you up to Camel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus shall ye say to him that liveth in prosperity. (laughs) David took knowledge of the guy's greatness. Peace be both to thee and peace be to thine house and peace be unto all thou that thou hast. I mean, look at the greetings. Look at the respect that he's giving this man. <laughs> Verse 7. And now I have heard that thou hast sharers. Now thy shepherds, which were 
with us. We heard them not. Neither was there aught missing unto them. Nothing of their flock or none of their flock got missing. All the while that they were in Camel. So it tells you that David was particular about what he was saying. He knew the flock of the man. He knew the shepherds of the man. And they must have ensured that nothing happened to them. Ask thy young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes, for we come in a good day. And the good day is that you are sharing your sheep. You see, when they share the sheep, when they remove the wool, normally what happens is that they send some of the sheep to the slaughter. Because some of them, when they share the the wool, they fall sick. They, they attract sicknesses. The wool is protective against diseases and, and other things. Yeah. Insects and other kind of things in the wild. So when they share the, uh, the wool, they become vulnerable. So normally, they kill some of them to reduce the number. And then by the time they, uh, 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 the wool is growing, they may have also mated and increased again. Do you understand? So, David was wise. It was a good time to ask for that favor. When we come in a good day, give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine hand unto thy servants and to thy son, David. He's calling him a father. Respect. And remember, at this time, David was the king of Israel. And Carmel is in Israel. Paran is in Israel. Yeah. All these territories, they are in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm the king. But I give you respect, man. Because David must have remembered when he was a shepherd, he had few sheep. So when he sees somebody who has 3,000 sheep, I salute you. Because his brothers told him, when he came to them to give them food, and he was talking about that Philistine, that uncircumcised Philistine, they told him, you have come here with your pride. Who have you left your few sheep with? Few means that maybe five sheep. <laughs> yeah. You, you say you are a shepherd. Five, and, and, and somebody who has five sheep. Who knows what it means to look after five sheep. And this five sheep, a, a, a bear comes to take one. Eh? And then another time, a lion comes to take one. He knows the perils of shepherding. That is why he said something important. He said, nothing has happened to any of your flock. Because he knows how the wild animals attack these uh, 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 helpless, yeah, yeah, and they, the soldiers, David and his guys, 
they reigned and ruled in those territories and they made sure that other people who had businesses, flock and other things were also protected. Yeah. Verse 9. And when, so David has given the uh, message. He said, when you go, this is what you have to tell the king. Uh, uh, Nabal. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David and ceased. We have sent our message. Now listen to Nabal. And Nabal <laughs> answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? You see, David didn't tell the uh, servants that. Go and tell him that I'm the son of Jesse. He gave them a message. He said, <laughs> listen to the message. He said, tell him how we, how nothing has happened to his shepherds nor his flock. And we have come in this good day. Give unto us anything that will come into your heart. To my men who are hungry. And to me, your son, David. So, when Nabal spoke and said, who is David and who is the son of Jesse? It means he knows David as the son of Jesse. (laughs) Yeah. He knows his father. Because David had become the king. And if you are an important rich person, you will know any political figure, especially the leader, the president, or the head of state, or whoever, prime minister, or the king, or the chief. Even Akalo, you know him. (laughs) So, you see his answer. Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? It's like, I don't even respect him. Neither do I respect his father. That's, 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 That's how it is. I mean, somebody is asking you for favor. If you won't give, do insult. I mean, you can imagine somebody has not eaten and come there and say, please, can you give me some small food to eat? My name is uh, Prince. Who is Prince? <laughs> Who is King? <laughs> Even you, the Prince, I don't see you. That much more you're King. <laughs> A complete fool. There be many servants now a days that break away every man from his master. Ah, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a sad comment from somebody who should be grateful. Yeah, what a sad comment. You know, sometimes, eh? The things we say, they are, they are so dangerous that our, our curses are almost irreversible. We condemn, we condemn the very foundations of the mercy that God has given us by the comments we make. David was at this time not a small boy. He was a king. Samuel had anointed him publicly before he died. 
And so everybody in Israel knew that David is the one who has taken over after Saul. So he was not a servant. He was not a mere person. But this man referred to him as a servant who has broken away from his master. Who was David's master? Verse 11. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my sharers and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? Yeah. No, it's like, you see, I don't regard you people at all. You and your David. And his father. We know you people. The people who are working for me. They are more important than you. And what I have reserved for them. You want me to take it away and give it to you. Who are you? That's, that's how he's talking. Who are you? Riff Raffs. Moving around in town, holding catapults and slings and ship and and shields, and not looking for any job and killing people. (laughs) Eh, Verse 12. So, David's young men. I mean, when you hear such things, you can't talk. You can't respond. It's shocking. And went again and came and told him all the things that Nabal had said. Verse 13. And David said unto his men, Gadji! On every man his sword. Brother, brothers, it's time. There's going to be a bloodbath, man. Everybody, arm yourself. And they gathered on every man his sword. And David also gathered on his sword. And they went up after David about 400 men, 200 abode by the staff. It's like Chale. It is, it, is, it is an invasion. Yeah. 400 armed men. How many shepherds do you have? <laughs> yeah. But one of the young men, the shepherds, who was there when David's men came went to Abigail Nabal's wife and said behold David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master and he railed on them he insulted them he railed his things came there a train on rails 
That's, it's like that's the path. So that's the guy's nature. He talks foolishly. But the men were very good unto us. So, you see, the servant is even grateful. He's, he, he knows what David meant to them. And to their, to their work. And we were not hurt. Neither missed we anything. Listen. As long as we were conversant with them when we were in the field. It's like we saw them around. They never hurt and touched us. Because these are brutal guys. So they kill without... You see, before this scripture, David had paid the bride price for... Uh, what's her name? Mekah. Do you know what he did? He took men to Philistine and killed... 200 Philistines and circumcised them and brought their foreskins as his bride price. If you have people who are like that, you'll be afraid of them. Yeah. So, they were, they, you see, David was, was feared. What he did to Saul, even, uh, uh, sorry, Goliath, it was known. It's like, if Nabal doesn't know anything, he doesn't know that. Is it not David... That the women have been giving fans, and probably Abigail has also been giving the fans. <laughs> yeah. So David has killed 10,000. Listen to this one, verse 16. They were a wall unto us, both by day and night, or by night and day. And all the while, we were with them keeping the sheep. They were protecting us. They were defense. Because of them, nothing happened to us. David and his people. Yeah. Even in hunger. Now therefore, know and consider what that will do. You see, you see, remember what the Bible said about Abigail. The Bible says she's a woman of good understanding. So the servant said to her, Mom, this is what I know that David and his people did for us. I'm leaving you to take a decision. Because you are a woman of good understanding. When you do not Walk in gratitude. Eh? You look like a fool. How can you walk into gratitude? Number one, you have to be very much aware of your environment. And the things that are fighting you. Number one, be aware or sensitive to your environment and the things that are fighting you. Number two, know who is your defense and protects you. You see, that's what brings understanding. Ask yourself, as you go and as you come, it is not by might nor by power. It is by my spirit, said the Lord. There is something that is helping us. There is something that is working on our side for our good. 
I will lift up my eyes unto the, hel- uh, the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. There is somebody who keeps us. When you sleep, do you know what happens in your sleep? Do you know the people that pass over you in the night? Do you know the eyes that watch you in the night? Do you know the environment you live in and the, the home you live in? Do you know what is buried under the house? Do you know what comes out in the night? Do you know why you still have strength and life and nothing evil has happened to you? Are you mindful of the fact that it's like you, you, you don't wake up because you ate good food yesterday night or you slept in a good bed? Now therefore know and consider what thou will do. For evil is determined against our master. You see, the guy did not know what had happened in, in, in David's camp. The fact that he witnessed that sort of response and the guys who he knew as wild guys didn't say anything and just turned because they were sent and walked away. He knew that trouble is coming. He knew. That's why he ran to Madame and said, Madame, what has happened today? You have no idea. I'm telling you what has happened. Take a decision. Evil is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. That is another description of Nabal. The servant says that my master is the son of Satan. And, and, and the sign is that nobody can talk to you. You see, it's when you are working with people and it is almost as if nobody can say anything to you. When you take a decision, that's it. You see, let me tell you something. It's a foolish way to lead people. It's a very dangerous and, and devilish way to lead people. Nobody can talk to you. Come now, let us reason together. That's what God said. Oh. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be. I mean, God reasons with human beings. He, he communes. But how come you, you have a little position. Nobody can reason with Nobody can talk in your presence. Nobody can bring a suggestion. Nobody has nothing to say. You are the only person. Pride. Some of you are in the church. Nobody talks to you. You see, that's why you are not grateful. It's a sign of ingratitude. No, you can't be corrected though. There is, you have never changed. Your life has been, you see, come on now. Anything that has been in your life for more than five years and you have had preaching and instruction for more than five years and you haven't changed any of them. You are a son of Belial. Or a daughter of Belial. Yeah. Yeah. You, you won't change. You've been drinking since the days of John the Baptist. <laughs> You allow men to sleep with you. You you are in evil relationships. You are in bondage and you can't change. You can't hear reason. 
you can't hear instructions and say to yourself, it is enough. Let me change. Nobody can reason with you. Nabalian type of. Yeah, it's not only men who are like this. There are women who are also childish and evil. You have chased people's husbands all your life. Yeah. You have, you have changed your color. We can't tell you that maintain. You see that color that God gave you? It is not a mistake. It's not a mistake. Go and see the women who bleach. When they grow, they look like. Uh, uh, huh. As if they have. You see, one day I. I, I, <laughs> I don't even want to say such things. I was with my sons and they, we saw a woman. When, when, we, when I saw her, I felt sad. No, no, they had also seen. The first question they asked is, why is her face bent? What happened to her face? Is it, why, the face is bent. What bent her face? Yeah, because when you see the face, the, it, it looks bent. I mean, when somebody's face is bent, it looks puffed up, you know, and, and reddish black and all kinds of... That's how her face was looking. Yeah, I told them, you see, there are people who bleach. They put cream on their body to become fair. And when, when you grow, after some time, when, that your body now begins to, to burn. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it wrinkles. And, and everybody who bleaches has seen examples or signs of people who have bleached for years in their retirement. Verse 18. It's Bible lessons. Then Abigail made haste. A woman of good understanding responds to emergencies. A man of good understanding makes decisions in haste. It's like I have to change. I have to work. I have to do something right now. Some of you, you, you live your life as if there's no man. Some of the lifestyles and the things that you have gone through, you, you, you should have changed long ago. I'm telling you. You should have walked away from the evil long ago. She made haste and took 200 loaves and two bottles of wine. More than what David asked for. David was asking for sheep. We want meat. We can burn and grill. We are wild men. We can open their stomach and remove their entrails and shed their blood and sacrifice them and eat and be happy. We are not asking for bread because you are not a baker. And wine. And five sheep ready dressed. Look at that. And five measures of parched corn. And a hundred clusters of raisins. And two hundred cakes of figs. And laid them on asses. It's a buffet. It's a buffet. And she said unto her servants. Go on before me. Behold. Silence it for me. I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal. 
How will you do? How can you reason with a fool? There are some things, you know, you know, you see, let me tell you something. When you are working with the Lord, and you have to take decisions that brings pleasure to God and, and, and fulfillment to your life. Don't be burdened by what people around you will think. You see, when you think about the feelings of evil, disrespectful, proud people, you are sacrificing the love of God and your honor and respect for fools. You are taking pleasure and delight in fools. You are more concerned about how they will feel. You are being, you are in a relationship with a boy. You must walk out of that relationship and you know you must do it. I don't, he hasn't done anything wrong to me. You want him to kill you before, slap you and stab you before you see that he has done something evil to you. Be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That's the word of God. And this woman is living with a demon. Son of Satan. And she knows that David, eh, God is with that guy. And his people have been good. They have not done anything evil to my husband. Nor to any of his people. Nor to his flock. And if he comes and makes a request in the season that he can offer the sacrifice and he insults them, I will do what is honorable. Let this guy go to hell. You are are afraid of men? Curse is the one whose trust is in the arm of flesh. Where is your God? When God spoke to Abraham and told him, look, you, 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 you have, have, I promised you a son. It has taken you 25 years to get the son. And maybe after another 25 years of the guy being with you, I'm calling you to bring this boy for a sacrifice. Hey! Then Abraham gets up and doesn't go to Sarah and just gets up and goes. I'm going to give to God what he has asked. That's honor, honor. Yeah. How can I say that? You give thanks by sacrificing relationships with foolish people and, and, and giving God that honor. Because when you are in, in, in relation with anybody, there is a commitment and an expectation. But you have to ask yourself, between God and these people or this person, who comes first? If you know how God has protected you and delivered you, you, you see that person in your life, you won't give him the honor that you are giving the person. Because many of you have honored human beings with their frailties and their inadequacies above the great God. You don't know what God has done for you. That's why you can't, you can't cut yourself off. You don't understand it. How do you want us to say it? Your boss can call you right here in the church. And you leave and go to him to work. Yeah, you leave. But if you are in the house and I call you when we are having service and I say, come, we are in the service. It, it is as if a donkey has spoken to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a donkey has spoken to you. There is no place in your heart for honor. Because I don't give you money. You don't, you don't, you, yeah. yeah. You, are, you are tired. I'm not a real human being. You are wet and you are tired. But your boss, when he called you and you were in the, in the church, he, did he even ask you what you were tired or where you were? 
because of the honor you have given to that person, you you go. Go. That's why you see uh, uh, young ladies, you, your mother cannot ask you to do anything, but a foolish boy can call you and engage you the whole day. Your mother can't let you sit in the house for you one hour. A, a, a boy who, who was not there when you were being breastfed, who was not there when your mother couldn't sleep, who was not there when your mother was spitting and vomiting, yeah, and going to the hospital in the night and bleeding and crying that you, my baby will not die. That boy has more importance in your life. What he says is more important to you than your mother. See, are you a grateful child? You know, sometimes saying thanks is like, oh, thank you. You see, sometimes what you say, you see, liars can tell you I love you. And they will show you that they love you because you are a fool. They will buy you things. They will spend time with you. And for you, that means love. Is this what love is? That's selfishness. That's eros. Erotic love. Because they are desirous of your body. And they will do everything to satisfy it. But the one who died, greater love hath no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friend. The one who died and shed his blood for you, where is he in your life? Where is his place? Where is his honor? Where is your service to him? Where is it? Where is it? And it was so. So she rode on the ass that she came down by the cover, uh, the, by the covert of the hill. And behold, David and his men came down against her. The guy was ready to come to move, and this woman was faster. Because if he had come with his guys to the house, it wouldn't wouldn't be talking. It wouldn't be talking. It wouldn't be talking. You see, let me tell you something. If we don't learn how to give honor and be grateful, in the day of wrath, when it occurs to you that you have made a mistake, there will be no room for you to correct it. Verse 21. Now David said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow hath in the wilderness. You see, what it means was that David made it a duty to protect his flock and his shepherds and his goats. It's not easy to protect goats. Even goats, he protected them. Yeah, the sheep, 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. He protected them. So that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him. And he hath requited me 
evil for good. He has responded to me in an evil way. I mean, so, and more also do God unto the enemies of David. If I live of all that pertain to him by the morning light, anything that pisses against the wall, I am coming to that, that place, woman. And any human being that pisses on the wall, the guys, not even the animals, the male animals, they will die. You see how dogs will be? You see how they will be? They lift their legs. <laughs> yeah. All the men. You see, when you read the Bible, it says, he that pisseth against the wall. He's talking about the men. God instructed Joshua, kill everybody, including those that pisseth against the wall. Men have been pissing against walls for a long time. <laughs> and when Abigail saw David, she, she hasted and lighted yes, and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be. And let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience. And hear the words of thy handmaid. That's a woman of understanding. It's like before you move, let me speak. Let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial. Everybody knew that this guy was a son of Satan. He was ungrateful. Even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name. And folly is with him. He was born a fool. You see, love is an interesting thing. What we call love. That's why I say to people sometimes when I'm counseling them, I tell people when they say they are in love, I don't question it. But remember, you can fall in love with a fool. Because love is an emotional force. It doesn't allow you to see rational thinking. Because when you see somebody, you can be attracted to the person so strongly. And as you develop the relationship, you realize that the guy doesn't think well. Yeah. He's proud. He doesn't speak well. He doesn't care. He's wicked. He's selfish. You know, but your heart has gone inside. But I, thine hand, uh, handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou descent. Yes, he's speaking the truth. He wasn't there when they came. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord 
be as Nabal. I mean, you see, these words are common. Yeah. That is why you should learn to be wise. If anyone among you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. He doesn't hold back because he knows that it is one of the most important things that I have to give to my children. The spirit of wisdom, of knowledge, and of understanding. Many years ago, Russia was controlled by the state. It was a strong communist country. The state owned all the oil refineries and the channels of businesses and the filling stations, the upstream, and we call something upstream and downstream. Upstream is the drilling and the, and the lifting, and then the downstream is the supplying to the filling stations and outlets and things. It was owned by government companies. But when communism came to an end under uh, 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 Gorbachev, and the states began to split, Russia still had a lot of oil and a lot of resources, and they started to open up and diversify. But they were still giving it, Boris Yeltsin and other successors were giving it to their friends and other people and who were in the Communist Party. But what Putin did was that when he came, he also opened it up and raised younger people and, and gave them concessions and set them up. And they became billionaires overnight. Ramovich and all these guys. Then there's a guy, Khodorkovsky. There are some other guys. And one of them, this Khodorkovsky guy, he rose up. He had so much money, he wanted to become a president. So he rose up and started talking against uh, Putin. Oh, Charlie. Hey. Putin has showed him that you can't joke with your master. Today, you can't hear of him. He was put in prison. I don't know whether... He, I think he's still in. I have to check. Yeah. It, it's like, you see, we, we, I have made you who you are. But he started building relationship with the West and, 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 and getting support from them. He, he collected everything that he had. Yeah. He, oh, he froze all his... I mean, put him in jail. He was, he was in, they brought him to court and in the court they put him in a cage. They built a cage in the courtroom and put him, he's in handcuffs in the courtroom, then he's in a, 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 a cage inside. See, you are more than a zoo animal. Yeah, that's how he dealt with ungrateful people because he, he was not known, he was not known, he was nobody and he had become a billionaire. He was a billionaire. One of the young billionaires in, 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 in Russia, Abramovich, all these people, are, were, yeah, they became billionaires. You see how somebody who has power deals with ingratitude? Don't you think God also has a way of dealing with ingratitude? I'm telling you, and what God does is wider than what Putin has done. As for God, he can wipe away your seed. Do you know the seed of Nabah? Nothing. He didn't have any children with Abigail. It was David who was able to have children with Abigail. Yeah. 
His seed was wiped out. There's nothing to his name. So, when you don't remember what has preserved you and protected you and give honor to it, you despise the church. You see, sometimes when, when people are around in, in a church, they find themselves in a church, they don't know that some of the good things that happen to you, it is because of where you are. You, that's why you, you, you want to go to a prophet who will tell you that, look, I've seen this about you, and, and, and this, 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 that. But you see, <laughs> there are some things God does, he doesn't tell you. There are many things. But if you have eyes, you have to see. That being around has changed you. I, mean, I don't joke with the church. Not because I'm the pastor. If I were not to be a pastor, I would respect the church because let me tell you something. I was, I was respectful and, and, and submissive to the church before I became a pastor. Ever since I joined the church, I knew that walking away from sin and, 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 and becoming a child of God was the greatest blessing in my life. And I honored that thing by, by, by not giving any problem whatsoever to any pastor. Nobody has ever called me in this life since I became a Christian to ask me to come to church. How can you say thanks? Number three, being around and being consistent is a sign of your gratitude. Be dependable. You see, when you get a job, the least you can do is every day go to work. That's, that's the least thing. Every day, just go to work. Even sometimes when they think that you are not doing your work, you are, you are slow, you, I mean, things pass through your hand and they take a long time. But the fact that you are there alone is a sign of gratitude. And you see that you are someone who can be spoken to. Do it this way. Do it that way. So you are helped. But if you, are, you come to work two times a week, I'm telling you, when they see that your, your output is low, it is easier for them to suck you. Because even when you do your work well, and you don't come around, it is a source of worry. Any employer who has an employee who is efficient and, 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 and fruitful, but you go to his desk, he's not there. He has not been in the office since morning. It's 3 o'clock. Ah. But it's like, what he has to do, he has done it. Immediately, you become worried. What is it? It's like, you don't appreciate their work. I mean, that's the sign you are giving. So, your inconsistency is a sign that you are ungrateful. Where did you become born again? When you were employed, it is not that people were from their home, but when you were employed, you will see that in your uh, 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 appointment letter, they have specified days of work and hours of work every week. Yeah. So you are expected to be around and available. So when, when, when now you get, uh, uh, I mean, now, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm doing the work from home and from other places, you know, all kind of things, yeah. Yeah. You you came to church. You see, God doesn't give appointment letters. It, it, it's almost as if He doesn't specify things. But I'm telling you, you have to know. He He has said it. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful, reliable, dependable, consistent. Yeah. Is it is it too much to ask of you? How can you say thanks? Just be around. Your, your consistency is a sign of your thankfulness. 
mean, many of you who have married, eh? If your husband goes and doesn't come, I'm telling you, maybe it's not because he has another woman. He, he, he just has friends that he is happy with. You, you will be on, or he goes to family house and chats with them uh, and comes to the house late. You, 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 you will be worried. Uh, we have married. Why are you living outside? Why are you doing this? Why are you spending time with somebody else? It's not a good thing. You can't accept it. Like he has taken you for granted. And when a man is like that, he has taken you for granted. He doesn't respect you. That's that's what it means. So when you are a Christian and you don't spend time with God, you you don't pray, you don't read your Bible, you you don't fast, you you don't do any spiritual, you don't worship, you don't do anything. Neither do you even come to church because you see, when you read your Bible, when you study, and when you worship, you will long to be in the presence of the saints. You will desire to come to church when there is a gathering. Forsake not the gathering of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. Are you thankful enough? Huh? You see, when you are not thankful, let me tell you something. Nothing will be added to you. And some of you, look at your life. Nothing has been added. You have been a Christian for all these years. Nothing has moved on. Nothing has been added because you have been ungrateful all these years. What do you want God to do again? How can you have, you have gotten a job. You don't come to work. Then we have to promote you. Are we mad? Are we sick? We don't know where you are. And we, you want us to make you a manager or, 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 or give you a, a, a promotion over your department, in your department. Hey, hey, hey. We are even looking at terminating your contract. You are on your way out. Yeah. you have been a Christian. I've been a Christian for so many years. Nothing has changed. You are not happy. You have been a Christian all this. You are not happy. You, 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 can't, you can't see what you are doing. You don't have a relationship. As at this stage, you are not sure who to marry. Sister, it is your problem. Don't think it is God. Uh, God is not faithful. You are the one who is unfaithful. Brother, you can't get a job. You, you, you see, it's like you are wandering like a bird. It is because of the way you are. You are ungrateful so far. You have been ungrateful. How do you want God to continue blessing you? What he has done is enough. You, have not, you don't see what has been done. You want him to add more. Eh? We have to call you before you come to church. Eh? It is not in your heart. You don't love God. We have to ask of you before you communicate. Some of you, you will even die before we hear that you have died. You, have died. you are sick and died. I'm telling you, it's a demon. You see, you, you don't understand what has been done. You don't understand where you belong. You don't understand what has happened to you. You don't respond to it. You are unthankful. Hey. Hey. My time is up. Pause. It's enough. Stand to your feet. I won't say anything. Lift up your right hand. It's enough. Speak to the Lord.
speak to the Lord. You see, rebuke all the signs of unthankfulness that you manifest before God. Yes. The fact that you have been with God, you have been in the church all these years, but nothing has changed. It is because you are not grateful. I'm telling you. How can we be children of God and and, and be in want and, and be confused? God is not an author of confusion, but of peace. If you are walking with the Lord, he makes everything clear to you. I'm telling you. You think that the scriptures that we, we quote and things, it is to make you foolish or to deceive you. It is to bring light into your life. How come you don't have light? How come you don't know what is going to happen next? How come you don't have confidence? How come you are not sure of when you are marrying? You are not sure of your job. You are not sure of this. You are, it's like you are, you are destitute. So you are like a wandering bird. You see, all these years you have not been a grateful child. Speak to him. You know yourself. Jesus. Talk. Lord, have mercy. Ask for mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Father, we thank you. Tonight, we bless you. We give you glory. Help us to live a Touch life, our lives. life of thanksgiving. Touch our lives. Life of gratefulness, O God. Help us to be grateful. We know the environment we are in, the attitude of gratitude, the things that fight us. We know what, how you have preserved our lives. Yes. And why we should be grateful, Lord. Jesus. Why we should be consistent, Lord. Help us. It shouldn't be a struggle anymore. Jesus. It shouldn't be a struggle anymore. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Show us your mercy whilst we are here, Lord. Show us your mercy. Thank you, Father. Show us your mercy. We bless you. And we thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Every eye closed. If you are here, someone invited you. Or you have been coming, but you know in your heart that you have not given your life to Jesus. You are not consistent. I want you to say that. I want to change. I need the Lord. I want to submit to him. Tonight, if that is your prayer, Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. I want to say, Pastor, help me. I want to really walk in this change. Thank you. Thank you. Father, help us. Show us mercies, Lord, and bless us. We give you glory. Let the children, Lord, be touched, be renewed. Let the good in us be drawn out. And let our thoughts bear testimony of our gratitude towards you. For we have stagnated and have not moved on. Because we have so far been inconsistent and ungrateful. And in your goodness, you will not add to failures. You will not add to ungrateful people. Therefore, let a turning come. Let a renewal come. Let a transformation come. As our minds are being renewed. And let the promotion and the favor that we are due, Lord, let it come upon us. We thank you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated.